want to leave a verse with you, and it's a non-Christmas passage, but it just has struck me for like the last six or seven days. So in this psalm, it's remembering, as it always so often does in the psalms and in the prophets, they're remembering how God started the people of Israel off in rescuing them out of slavery. Slavery in Egypt is a picture or a type or a symbol of the sinful life that we lived in the world, doing what the world dictated or our appetites told us to do rather than following God's way. But he delivered them from uh, slavery in Egypt, and now uh, that's a picture of the salvation we have through Christ. In this Psalm, Psalm 77, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. So they're celebrating all that God has done. And then it goes on to say, the water saw you. This is poetic language. The water saw you, speaking of the Red Sea. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. And then this strange verse, verse 19, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. I want you to just notice three things about this little passage. The power of God is celebrated throughout the Psalms, but in this Psalm, once again, the psalmist is remembering, my goodness, nothing can stop God. Did you hear what I said? Nothing can stop God. God, in one way, can have a virgin young lady conceive without contact with a man. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her. That's the Christmas story. The Red Sea can be opened. I mean, the Bible is full of reminders that don't have little faith because with God, nothing is impossible. He has all power. How awesome is his power? Over and over again, you read that in the Psalms. How awesome is your power? Power belongs to God. How awesome is our God? And lately, I've been reading a very interesting book by uh, an anointed kind of apologist for the Christian faith, very brilliant scientist. And he was giving a little review of the history of uh, thought about how the world came about. And up until the 1600s, 1700s, the leading scientists like Sir Isaac Newton and others, they were Christian and believers in God in their approach to these things. They believed in God. They said there was a first mover. There had to be a creator. How could you see the, the way the universe is laid out and not say someone did that? So there was a mind creating, planning, and all of that. Then with the uh, Renaissance and the encroachment of a lot of atheist uh, uh, kind of thinking and also uh, cynicism against religion, 
it became more and more, no, this all happened by accident. It, it, just, it just happened. We think we see design in it, but there is no design in it. But that would be like saying, look at that pulpit. That pulpit just accidentally happened. No, it, just this plexiglass or whatever it's made of, just particles were flying around, and they came together right with that, with the top, and all bound together, and with the bottom stand being thicker and wider, and it just happened by accident. Well, not everybody would say, well, that's crazy. That, that didn't happen by accident. Someone created it. There was a purpose. There was a plan. That thinking was kind of fought, and uh, one of the questions, again, which is still being fought out, but one of the main questions was that were, it was discussed back then is how old is the universe? How old is the, the earth? And not only where did it come from, but uh, how old is space? How big is space? And the Milky Way, part of the universe that was only the only one that was seen and discovered at that time that the earth is part of, it's always been there. The earth has always been here. It has no beginning. Because to have a beginning would mean who, who began it, who's created it. And now through recent discoveries on several fronts, there is such growing evidence that you can't avoid the fact that there's a creator. Let's not say God yet and all of that. That's for us believers. But people who doubt this just are now faced with some real problems. And one of the uh, most important discoveries of it, through these Hubble telescopes and through discoveries made by scientists who were not Christian, who weren't looking uh, to prove a point, they were just looking at the universe. So the galaxy that we're in, they're examining it. But as the telescopes went further, they began to see that there's other galaxies in other words, the Milky Way galaxy, which nobody can measure even its width or how big it is and all of that, and our sun is just one little twinkling little star in this vast array. But beyond that, there's galaxy after galaxy after galaxy, beyond what our minds can fathom. But what they discovered was is these outer galaxies are moving away they're moving away, they're expanding. The universe right now while I'm talking is expanding, it's not contracting. And the further away galaxies are moving faster than the closer galaxies. And they're moving, and they're moving. But that brought about a, a problem. Well, wait a minute. If they're moving away, what are they moving away from and what started that movement? If they're moving away, how did they start before they started moving away? How did this all begin? And, and Einstein, who didn't believe in several of these things, but now scientists using some of his very, very own discoveries, have now said, you've heard the word, the Big Bang Theory, they have now come to the conclusion that since the universe and the galaxies are expanding, at one point, you have to go backwards, no matter how many years, when they were going the other way. Before they were moving away, they had to start moving from something. And you go back, you go back, you go back, you go back into a number we can't imagine, and you go back until there was nothing. And now scientists are saying it's accepted that energy, time itself, and all matter began in one single instant. Just like the Bible says, in the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. What did he create it out of? This is the miracle, out of nothing. He just spoke it. Can we praise God for his awesome power? He spoke it. And now people who don't believe in God are, you know, are saying, wow, this is how this all began. So then who created that moment? Who before time existed? I know these are hard and you didn't do good in science either. Who spoke that? Who provoked that? Who created matter and time and energy? And there was a moment. So the universe that we know of is not eternal. It had a beginning. But if it had a beginning, who began it? God, think of the power. They have telescopes now that are finding, forget the Milky Way, they're finding galaxy upon galaxy. If you, if, you were a, if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you millions and millions of years to get to these places. And God spoke it all in one second. Just said, let it be. And it's still moving. Come on, let's give God praise for his great power. And many other things now, as science is digging deeper, they're not finding that science contradicts the thought of God and a creator, but is confirming that fact. So I want to remind you today, whatever you're facing this Christmas, when I look up, (laughs) I've been reading this, and I look up in the night and I see the stars, and I think, oh God, there was once nothing. And you just said, let it be. And out of nothing, you made something so vast that no one can figure it out. And we have our little problems today. How many know our God is big enough for every problem we have? There's nothing too big. Financial, emotional, spiritual. God is not dead, and God has all power. What an awesome God. No wonder those psalmists, when I consider the heavens and the work of your hand. And they didn't have telescopes. They were just going by their naked eye. Oh, my goodness. But I want you to notice that last verse here. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. So what is that picture? Your path led through the sea. So they're coming out of Egypt, this mighty God who had sent 10 plagues to show Pharaoh that all these idols of Egypt were just idols. The only true God was the God of Moses. And... Now they led them out. They said, get out of here after the night of uh, Passover and the firstborn males all dead, judged, unless was, the blood was over the lentil of the door. And now they escape, and they're like good riddance and all that, but Pharaoh is stubborn to the very end. Why are we letting these people go? They're good slaves. They worked for us. So now they're led by God. They're led by God. Already the pillar of fire at night and the the pillar of cloud during the day is directing them. And they take off. And they've never had an army. They've never fought a battle. They've been slaves for 400 years. They're slaves. They're led to a spot where the Red Sea is in front of them, the only way they can go. Mountains to the left or right, as you know. And now who's coming after them but Pharaoh and his chariots. And it's over. The dream is over. It's over. If you go ahead, you die. You go in the Red Sea, you drown. You can't go to the left or right, and you certainly can't go backwards. That's more slavery. And that's where God states through this psalm, your path led through the sea. God's answer and path 
went through the very thing that said you're going to die and not make it. God says, I have a way for you to go, but it's through the very thing that you're scared to death of. That will not be your death. That will be your deliverance. That's my path for you. No matter how stormy those waters look, no matter how hopeless, I'm leading you through the thing that you think will break you. Through that discouragement. Remember they were crying out, "Who? why did we leave Egypt and all of that? And God says, no, my pathway in this case is through the sea. The very thing you're afraid of, watch what I do if you'll just trust me and obey. So I want to say to you today, those circumstances that the enemy, because he's done this many times in my life, you're not going to make it. You'll never do this one. You'll never get out of this one. The money will never be provided. You won't know what to say or do in, in a given situation. You don't run from that. You face it in the name of the Lord. And you say, God's way is through the sea. Come on. Can we put our hands together and say amen? Your path was through the sea. The very thing that was most intimidating. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen. One last thought this Christmas time. Something I've been praying for myself. Because I want God to do new things in my life. I'm what, not what I need to be. I'm not what I should be. But here's what God's been making real to me through this, this passage also. They couldn't come out with victory until they first went through death. Death was the Red Sea. But God used the death of the Red Sea, figuratively speaking, to get them to the other side. To have resurrection life, you first have to have death. Jesus couldn't raise from the dead until he was dead. He couldn't come out of the tomb until he was in the tomb. So for us here today, we got to look a little more spiritually at that and say, God, first of all, how many of want, want this coming year more Jesus life, more resurrection life flowing through you? Just lift your hand. Resurrection power. Resurrection love. Resurrection faith to face anything. You can't have that supernatural life. I'm not talking about biological life. You can't have that until you go through the death of the Red Sea. You can't come over on the other side until you go through that, which is a form of like a death. Remember all those verses Jesus said, listen, unless a seed is planted and it dies, it can't bring forth fruit. Unless we die to who Jim Cimbala is, unless I die to that, and say, God, I give up my natural life. What I'd like, where I want to be. You know, how I want the people to look at me. Until I die to that by only God helping me to do that. I'll never know resurrection life. You can't have a mixture of Jim life and Jesus life. If we want Jesus life, we got to die. And the scripture is full of that. Paul says, I die daily. If anyone would come after me, let him take up his what? Not his toy, his cross. What are crosses for? To die. To die. So this Christmas season, I mean, it's, it's a good time of introspection as we face a new year. Lord, I want resurrection life. I want that supernatural power that Pastor uh, Petrie was praying over the couple for. I, I want that. Don't you want that? Well, then, God, bring me through the Red Sea. Your path is in the waters. Your path is through death. Now, last thought here. You can't do that on your own. 
Your flesh can't kill your flesh. Your selfish selfishness cannot do death to your selfishness. Only God can do this for us. But I want us to pray tonight as we end the meeting. Lord, give me the grace and bring me through death so that I can get more life. Jesus couldn't get resurrection life until he died. How would you and I ever get resurrection life without going through that process of, Lord, do it for me. I want that spirit of, listen, death, life. I've been praying that lately. Lord, give me the spirit of death, life, death slash life, death to myself so that I can have resurrection life, death to what I like, what I want, how I feel, and all of that silliness that we all get caught up in so that I can, I can live, really live, resurrection life. Now, the Bible says that when Jesus died, it says through the Holy Spirit, he offered himself up. He needed the help of the Holy Spirit to go through the cross. And that's what we need tonight. I know this is not a rousing kind of conclusion where you want to run around the building, but it's true. The way, the path of God is always through the sea. It's through the, the death of Jim Simbola so that Jesus can come alive. And people will say, I don't even recognize you. Who are you anyway? I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus. Do you want them to see Jesus in you? Well, then we got to get rid of you. And the only way we can get rid of you and me is that God brings us through Calvary. There's no, without the cross, there's no resurrection. There's no empty tomb until you go through the cross. And at this Christmas time, the humble little baby, my goodness. Have you ever thought when he found out or when it dawned on him, that he had to die on a cross. How old was he? 12? 10? 7? Was he in his 20s? When did it hit him? This is how your end is. He didn't have it, obviously, at six months or a year old. When did it dawn on him? I was born to die so that I could have life and give it to others. I don't know when, but I often think when he went to the temple as a kid and his parents brought him and they were, and they were sacrificing the lambs, did, did it dawn on him? You're the lamb. For me to save the people in the Brooklyn Tabernacle, you got to die like that lamb. So this is not morbid or depressing. This is life-giving. Nevertheless, I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. The life that I used to have, I did away with that. Christ took that from me so that I could live his life. But you can't have your life and his life at the same time. I want his life. I'm so sick and tired of me. You ever get sick and tired of yourself? You ever look in the mirror and go, yeah. Have you ever done that? I do it. Like I want to be more like Jesus. Anybody here want to be more like Jesus? anybody here really hungry to be more like Jesus like I am tonight and remember I'm not asking you to lay in a bed of nails I'm not asking you to crawl uh, on your knees to some uh, shrine or uh, something on a rocky road in the Philippines or someplace I'm just asking you to say Lord here I am help me to die to myself so that your life resurrection life can be just blazing in my life. If you're here and feel that way, just as we close, don't anyone leave yet, but we're going to close together. Anybody here just hungry for that like I am? Just get out of your seat and come forward. 
Anybody here just say, Pastor, I'm with you. I want to die so I can live. I want the Lord to just get rid of that old me. So tired of me, myself, and I. Jesus, let us count on your power tonight and tomorrow if should we wake up. Not our measly strength. Oh, God, you created the whole thing out of nothing. Nothing's too hard for you. No financial burden. Nothing the church or anybody in this building is facing is, is a problem to you. You just speak and it's done. We pray that we'll be reminded that many times you just say the thing you're most afraid of is the thing you're going to walk through and that's going to be the path out. For my way, my path is in the sea for you. As a picture of dying to ourselves so we can come out on the other side with a song of victory, Lord. Let there be less of us this Christmas and more of Jesus. Less of Jim Cimbala, more of Christ. You have to do it, Lord. I could no more mortify myself than I could fly to the moon. But with you, nothing is impossible. Bring us down so you can lift us up. Get us home safely. Bless the offering. Most of all, help us to love on each other in Jesus' name. And greet our friends and hug them and encourage them who are visiting with us from Texas. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said... By the way, by the way, next Tuesday, the last prayer meeting of this year, we're not going to have one on the 27th, so please come out next Tuesday and be with us. Hug one another.